Longhorn Nation, we're back. Welcome back to another episode of Fire the Cannon. I'm Megan. I'm Rocky, and we're Fire the Cannon. All right, welcome back, Megan. Today we're going to chat about Texas football and what we're thinking about the state of the program right now after that road loss to West Virginia. We will look ahead to Kansas State. Does anyone have a quarterback this weekend? You want to play quarterback, (laughs) Megan? Yeah, shoot. (laughs) I might have better eligibility at this point. Right. And it's Thanksgiving weekend, so it's rivalry weekend with all the big college football rivalries and some fun NFL games that we all love to eat turkey and watch on Thanksgiving Day. So we'll talk about those. But let's say, Megan, how are you? You went to West Virginia and you made it home safe. How are you doing? I did. I made it home safe. That is uh, that's good, right? Uh, you good. know, numb, numb. I've got to say I'm numb. I, I always have a great time in Morgantown. Uh, this was no exception. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little later on. But um, yeah, I think, uh, like you mentioned earlier, I've hit that acceptance stage, you know, of fandom at this point. We're not going to a bowl game. Uh, you know, neither you or I predicted a win in West Virginia. So I think I'm numb at this point. Um, I don't know. I don't know. How are you feeling about this? Well, we're going through our stages of grief, right? We're at the acceptance phase and we went through the anger. We went through the denial. <laughs> now we're at acceptance. Yeah. I don't know. Is this healthy for us that we're going through feel, these stages? I feel um, this is healthy. Yeah, it's it's healthy. It is what it is. I know there's these, you know, tweets about the uh, Texas still could technically get a bowl game if they get five wins and have the academic record of such and such, like they're still technically eligible uh, we're not completely eliminated. And I wish I'll be happy if they get a bowl game. Great. They need the practices. They need whatever they can get. So uh, if they find a way to squeeze into a bowl game, whoopee. Yay. Great. I would love it. I would love to be watching them in December play football, but I don't know. The state of the program just feels, I don't, I just don't. Yeah. The thing that gave me a little glimmer of hope was the fight. There was some fight on the field. Saturday yeah. in Morgantown, Keelan Robinson, Casey Thompson, Hudson Card, they were fighting through some stuff physically and they really showed some battle and the going back and forth with the quarterbacks. And then, you know, Casey Thompson gets pulled, Hudson Card gets injured. He, Casey has to come back in. It, it was just a, we don't know what we don't have. We don't know what we do have. It's, it's just so frustrating. You can't tell anything behind that line. Like it's, it, it's just so frustrating. <laughs> It is. It is. No, I, I've got to say I, I, the thing I'm really frustrated with, and I and I think the players are too, um, is what appears to be a lack of decisiveness on who our quarterback is. Right? We say we're going to start Casey, and then Hudson comes in, and we're back and forth. Now, let me say this: I do think a lot of the issue came up because of injury. Right? Casey's been hurt for a while. He's been hurt since OU. He's battling that back and forth. Um, and of course we saw Hudson get hurt. Look, I, I definitely feel we're not in a great position. We are depleted. We don't have the depth that we thought we had. Um, and we're certainly hurting in places we didn't think we would. That being said, you know, you got to wonder, how do the players feel about going on with this quarterback battle again? And it was announced, you know, Sark during Sark's presser, he said the quarterback position is still wide open. So for me, that's frustrating. After a year, that's frustrating of still not having our QB one. I personally am still a Casey girl. I'm, I'm in Casey's corner. I, I love, 
I think we saw some development from Hudson card this weekend, but I still just don't think he's there. Um, and I think Casey is when he's healthy. Now the question becomes, do we get another quarterback, maybe a transfer, uh, maybe we get somebody in that is going to be better than those two in the off season. I, I hope so. I don't know. I, that is still a big question mark and it is, it is hard to win football games when you don't have a captain at the helm. So that was a little crazy, um, but definitely Rocky, I got to agree with you. I, I didn't feel as hurt after this game. I wasn't as mad as I was after the Iowa state game, right? I was pissed after Iowa state that felt just like a flat performance. Like the team didn't want to be there. It felt different in West Virginia. Um, and we had some other things going on, but you know, you and I both predicted this, this wasn't going to be a win. What are your thoughts? what did you see from the team? You mentioned the fight that you saw. What'd you see watching? What I saw was once again, the thing that Sark said that they going into the game, this, the thing that he specifically said the team had to do to come out with a win was play complimentary football for 60 minutes. And what, again, we saw early on in the first quarter, at least the defense doing enough, the offense went three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. Then the yep. defense did enough. It was seven Oh, after the first quarter, not long after it was 14 Oh, but the defense did enough. And, and once again, they're asked to do enough and then they're asked to do too much and yes they have massive holes to fix they, they can't stop the run when it gets to the third and fourth quarter but again that could be tied to how they don't get rest they don't get time to get coached up they don't get time to make adjustments and so that's the same story every week offense doesn't do enough and then when they do enough it's too late or they do so much and then fall apart and stop and defense chasing again. So it's, it's another week of two, the tell of two halves or tell of four quarters, or <laughs> I don't even know anymore. It, it was another week of that, but I do want to give props to players like Keelan Robinson, who really, when, got, when he's given the opportunity, he takes full advantage. I know he had COVID protocol recently. I don't know where he was before that, but he, he sparks when he gets to play. And when Bijan is out with an injury and, you know, Rojo came in and did some great things, moved the line, you know, took some direct snaps. He did some good stuff. And those kind of sparks are good for leadership on the field. I, I wish it came from the quarterback, the leadership, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think, look, one of the things you said early on that I really want to emphasize because you hit the nail on the head is the complimentary football. You know, Sark mentioned it in the presser that we had to do it. And you are absolutely right, Rocky. We have not been playing complimentary football this whole year. I mean, the last time that we saw it really was the first half of OU, right? And, and you're exactly right. It's either a story of the defense doing what they need to do to, to do their jobs and the offense just petering out and putting the defense then in a bad position. Um, yeah. I mean, exactly like you said, I, I don't want to just talk in circles here, but that's the frustrating thing for me. I remember, you know, I was actually sitting in the stands and talking with other fans and it was just this sense of oh, this shit again, the frustration of watching a team do what they need to do. And then their brothers on the other side, just kind of fallen flat. And by the time that that curve switched, well, exactly. Like you were saying, it was just, it was hard to watch. I couldn't be mad at the defense by that point because they had done so much. They had already played so much 
right. that you, you don't blame them. Now we've talked about this in the past too. Conditioning, I think is going to be a really big issue. And I, I don't recall who it was, but somebody did actually ask about that in the presser. And Sark's response was, you know, we've had so much other shit going on. Uh, and of course, I'm paraphrasing here, but there's been so much else going on that the coaches need to address that they haven't con- addressed conditioning yet, but he acknowledged it was definitely something that needed to be addressed. So look again, I I'm, I'm not going to put blame on a defense that got tired, but I think that is something that we've seen from our athletes time and again, game in and game out, the conditioning isn't quite there for where you would want them to be, um, at this level. So I think that's something that's certainly going to be need to be addressed. You're right. If we find a way to get into it, squeeze into a bowl somehow, um, conditioning is going to play into that. And I hope that's focused on, but, uh, yeah, overall, you know, some bright spots, Dicker, the kicker doing his damn thing, doing his job road. You gotta love it. Look, he, he was looking sharp. Um, he's been named a finalist again for, Mm -hmm. for awards. I mean, he he's out there doing his job, special teams. I've been really impressed with special teams this year. Um, aside from a few blunders and that happens with special teams, uh, they've really, they've stepped it up. They've done a great job. So if, if there is a light, you know, to, to pick out of these dark times, I would say that, uh, yeah, special teams has got their stuff together. Um, and, and we're looking good. Hopefully we see Dicker again next year. He does have that extra year of eligibility. So that'll be interesting. If, interesting. if the offense had taken advantage of just one of those first few th- three and outs, the first four three and outs, if they could have moved the ball on one of them, it could have been a different game. But like we said, they do too little too late and, but they don't quit. They keep trying to find a way it's just too little too late. And that, my, my biggest issue has been this whole season, the talent should out talent the other rosters if you put the texas rosters and i know there's attrition and i know this isn't that but still there are some big baller kids that every you know every team in the big 12 wanted that are still on the texas roster and i just don't understand how this coach flood on the o-line or sarkeesian i just don't understand how they can't banks how they can't out scheme anyone yet yeah. You don't know your yeah. personnel yet. And I feel like I'm still beating this dead horse. Like, how do you, I'll never get, I'll never be not mad at losing at home to Kansas. That will always make me mad, but this yeah, one that's made me like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So look to address that, I, you're, you're absolutely right. It is really frustrating. And I agree with the sentiment that the talent at Texas should always, should always outshine and be able to outproduce. But I think what we're seeing, we've talked about this a little bit before. I think what we're really seeing is just mental fatigue from, from a lot of the players. Um, we've got a few players that have been through three head coaching changes, right? Um, we've got uh, most players, we, we ran over the numbers previously, but these, co- these kids have seen a ton of coaches and had to relearn and, and work through a ton of different schemes, a, a ton of different football. Uh, look, I... I I shouldn't offer this as an excuse. I'm not saying it's an excuse, maybe an explanation. Um, I do feel that there are some guys on the team that are just taxed and done. And and you can see that as far as the effort. Now, there are a bunch of guys on the team that still want to be there and they're fighting. And where I agree with you, Rocky, is at this point, this far into the season, forget the talent, forget the analysis and the stars, play the guys that want to be there at this point. 
at this point, play the guys that are that are fighting and that are doing what they're supposed to do. Because I think we've seen flashes that the schemes we have work. But if if the players aren't executing, if they're missing their tackles, look, that's where I will come into defense of PK. PK's got a lot of adjustment to do, no question. But when Texas leads the nation in yards after contact, when we are not tackling, we're up there leading the nation in missed tackles. There's absolutely no way to make any defensive scheme work if our guys aren't out there tackling, right? And and I would argue it's not, some of them have been out of position, but I don't think that's a coaching issue. To me, that's an execution issue. So I think this has been just a perfect shitstorm of a season where it's not just one or two issues. I think this is just the, the conglomeration of multiple problems finally rearing their head. Things that have been, you know, deep seated for a long time. I, again, Herb Hand, you brought up the O-line. We're seeing just how bad Herb Hand was at recruiting on the O-line, right? This, that's playing out now. Um, but again, we've got some young guys that are coming up. We've got an opportunity with transfers. Sark has talked about bringing more than 30 players in. So I do, this is where I'll, I'll shine my positive light on things. I do think that this is going to be a very different team after this off season. And this is just, you know, they say it's darkest before the light, right? We're, we just had to find out how fucked up we are to fix it. Does it make me feel better? Not necessarily. <laughs> Does it make me feel like we've wasted a season? Yeah, on some aspects, but look, I have hope. I still believe in this staff. Um, that's not to say they're without criticism. You know, we've, we've brought it up before adjustments need to be made. Um, the fire has to be lit, but I think there are just so many levels of, of problems that we've had that it was just this perfect pin drop, uh, a moment in time for, for it to be kind of a disaster on every level. Yeah, it's frustrating. But you mentioned, so it gives you a glimmer of hope. So you're way, way, way too early prediction. We're, we could end this season four and eight with no bowl game, or we could still end it six and seven if we do manage a miraculous bowl game and win it. So not you're way, way, way too yeah. early prediction <laughs> for next year's 12 game season and taking into Man. account we play Alabama next year. Well, and UTSA. Don't forget that part. We, <laughs> we get our cup, our quote unquote, I'm saying this y'all in very large air quotes, our cupcake next year. Yeah. Is UTSA um, way too early overreaction predictions. You're going to hate me for saying this, but I, I don't know. I, I have no handle on it until we see what transfers are made. If we can make adjustments, if we can get big bodies in at, on the O-line, uh, if we can get a quarterback healthy, if we can't, I mean, there's so many ifs. I think Texas is still capable. I know Texas is capable, my God, of an eight win season next year, just on talent alone, right? And a little bit of extra time. So if you're gun to the head, have to overreact and way too early prediction, I, I think eight, again, eight wins is going to be a minimum. I think anything less than eight wins next year is considered a failure. Uh, and, and I think that's when Sark rightly or wrongly will have a hot seat if it's under eight wins, but let's check back after the off season. When we know when the transfer portal is cooled off a little bit and we've got our dudes, what are your thoughts? What do you think? What, what do you got going? Um, you 
I don't know that he's going to bring, I hope he's a, a, attacking the transfer portal and all these people that they had built relationships when they were recruiting to Alabama. I hope he, those doors are still open for people that would be willing to come to Texas. I just, I have yet to see what from this staff demands accountability, what from this staff demands execution, what from this staff shows me they can fix things at halftime. I don't see it. And until I see it, I don't, I, I have to see it. I'm just not going to be blindly faithful to this crew. I hope they do. <laughs> But as of now, sure. I don't see yeah. how it's any better next year. Even if they bring in 30 plus players, you're starting all over again. So I, I'm probably in the six and six again next year until they show me something different. All and right. All right. I'll tell you, I, mean, I wish we were a national championship. Nope. <laughs> no, Based that's on not what realistic. at Texas. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Look, I, again, I'm, I'm kind of looking and I'm sure people are tired of me saying this. I'm kind of looking to the Michigan state model, right? Mel Tucker, rough year, his first year hit the portal hard. And I have no doubt in that first year, he was in his guys asses. And I, and I, and I believe that I know that of this current staff too. We saw a little bit of it get leaked with Bo Davis. I assure you every coach, including Sark, every positions coach, has been in their players' asses. And I think they have a good feel of who really wants to be there and who doesn't. We lose a lot of seniors this year. Um, and then we're, so that opens up some opportunity for the portal. Um, and then we got some dogs coming in too. So I'm hopeful uh, in that Michigan State turned it around pretty well. Now they had some disappointing losses, no question, but by all accounts, this was a massive turnaround for Michigan State. And, and I think Sark's staff is capable of doing that. Um, I, I, I understand what you're saying. I tend to be a little more rosy and positive than you do. I'm also going um, by Sark's record as a head coach. Sure. Well, and there's that. that I'm going to add that to it as well. There's that too. But I, I think a lot has transpired since the last time he was a head coach. And I think he's a different person at this point, but the only thing um, that changes his record as a head coach is now even worse. Well, again, it's <laughs> darkest before the light Rocky. Let's, let's keep it on the up. Right. No, I, the numbers, the numbers don't lie. I know it. I know it. And, and you're usually right. You're usually right. But um, yeah, I look, I think, I think this program, a behemoth like Texas um, now fully has the resources I think Sark has the resources. I'd like to see what happens in the off season before I have a gross overreaction. Um, but I'm going to stay positive for now. I'm going to say, I'm going to grossly overreact and say, burn it all down. Oh, that's what, what <laughs> Sark said. Rebuild. What do you say? Build from the bottom up again or whatever. Yeah, it's a rebuild. All right. But let's look ahead short term. Friday, 11 a.m., Kansas State comes to town. Maybe they have a quarterback, Skylar Thompson, who got hurt in the last <laughs> few seconds of the Baylor game. Uh, they were leading a, almost to come back. I watched they were down by 10 or so. He was leading them to at least get an opportunity for an onside kick and got hurt, probably an ankle injury. But according to like the like the local Topeka Gazette or something, they say that <laughs> he's still not ruled out for the game on Friday. He really wants to play senior, you know, last game as a senior. And they might bring in Will Howard, who's who has played in his four games max to keep his red shirt. Um, but he may he may be playing this weekend. And Will Howard has 50 percent passing this year for 267 yards but here's the thing about will howard he can run too he has over 100 yards rushing in just those few games 
that is what worries me about this backup coming in. Because we know Skylar Thompson, they have lots of film on him. But when you get a scrappy little dual threat kid coming in, Texas gets eaten alive by those backup dual threats that come in. So that's what worries me at home. Texas started as a four-point favorite. It's now down to about two and a half. Um, people don't aren't putting their money that Texas will cover at home. What are you thinking? I'm thinking it is a crapshoot. Look, I, again, this is one of those games. This, this has been such a weird season for college football. It's one of those games where there are so many question marks that, that it is almost impossible to predict. If it was Skylar Thompson in, hands down, zero question, I say K-State has it. Just looking at how they played Baylor, um, they hung in tough. And Baylor is a legit team. Uh, K-State, Rocky, again, you called it. K-State showed up and really had some fight against Baylor. So if Thompson was in, yeah, I'd say I'd say it's tough for Texas. With a backup that can run, I'm still leaning towards K-State a little bit, only in the sense that we don't know who our quarterback is. If it was a healthy Casey Thompson, I would switch my prediction. Hands down, zero question. If I felt Casey was healthy and in the frame of mind where he made those quick decisions, was releasing the ball and or tucking and running faster, um, I'd say Texas has it. But that's up in the air. You know, Casey went out a couple times. Hudson's hurt. We've now got, I mean, Charles Wright, we're certainly not putting in. We're, we're on a third string potential quarterback who hasn't seen any playing time. Oof, man. I, even with the emotion of senior night, you know, I think, I think Texas's crowd is going to come out flat. I hope we don't, man. Come on, show up to the game, be loud, show these guys that we love them. It, you know, it's been rough on all of us, but they bleed for us. They really do. I, I know that in my heart of hearts. So I hope we show up at DKR, but given that it's Thanksgiving um, and it's an early game, I just don't see DKR being rocking. I think that plays to Texas's emotion. Um, so as it sits right now, and again, I hope I'm wrong. I, I think K-State, we can't stop the run and Deuce Vaughn, our round rock dude. I mean, he's, he's a runner. He's a little dude. He's, he's a tiny dude, but he gets it done. He, he's put, putting some incredible numbers up. And I just don't see our defense being able to hold out long enough for the whole game against a runner like Deuce um, with the potential of a quarterback that can run as well. So for that reason, I, I, I think we go out on a sad whimper. Uh, and I think Texas, you know, I don't think Texas wins this one. How about you, Rocky? What are, what's your prediction here? Well, they have their thousand yard running back in the game. We don't have ours. They know either they have a starting quarterback with sixth year of experience and Skylar Thompson, even if he's a little hobble, hobbled his leadership and he can hand the ball off, um, his leadership is there. And if he does just hand the ball off, I mean, he can throw enough, but if he does hand the ball off, um, Texas hasn't been stopping the run. However, something about and the, I'm going to flip the script on this because I feel like even though I don't trust the staff right now to out scheme K-State or prepare them to out physical, because I think this is a game here where it's more of an issue now about physical than out scheme. I have a feeling that the Texas at home to end the season and send their seniors off. I feel like they're going to have a little bit of fire and I think they're going to rise up and I'm going to shock you, Megan. And I'm actually picking Texas to win this game, 
not, and I'm going to say a one or two point kick, like a Cameron Dicker <laughs> kick. It's going to yeah. be a brawl and it's going to be ugly. And we'll have a few series where we go three and out in a row again. But I have a feeling that this is going to be one that Texas pulls out at home on senior day and sends the seniors off with some hope of a bowl game. Well, that makes me happy. Listen, I, no matter what, I don't care how this game ends up. I'm going to be there loud and screaming and losing my voice again, as I do. Um, I, I Look, I believe Burn Orange. I know you do too, Rocky. We'll be there to support the team. I'll be there to support the team. You'll be in Mexico enjoying in Mexico. yourself. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, listen, I love hearing it. I love hearing it. I like I like your thoughts that Texas is going to take this one. So that's that's a lot of fun. I have a feeling so. this is going to be a Rojo opportunity for a little more wildcat, an opportunity for a little more movement for Rojo. Maybe like we've been calling for all year that he actually might even pass out of these schemes that out of these plays that he's taking direct snaps or even, you know, these switches, reverse things like give him an opportunity to throw at least right. to back up the defense a bit. Make give me some trick plays here. Yeah. 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 That's got to come at some point. So yeah, I, I mean, the game where we see it, I say that every week. Yeah. Yeah. No, no better time than the present. Right. I mean, there's literally probably not another game left in this season to see it. So pull out all the stops. I have to agree. You know, I haven't really heard anything about Rojo practicing with the quarks, which makes you kind of weird. We know he was a quarterback. He he's thrown the ball for Texas before. It's kind of weird to me that, that he hasn't taken any snaps in practice, especially given where we're at. So uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the coaching staff writes this one up, uh, how they get our runners involved um, and Rojo involved. You had mentioned leaders. He's one of them. I, I think Rojo is one of the strongest personalities and one of the strongest leaders on this team. So hopefully, no matter what position he's at, um, obviously he's going to be running back, but hopefully he's there. He's vocal. He's leading the team. And and we see we see uh, see a lot out of him. I agree. That's a great call, Rocky. Yeah. All right. So we've got Rocky's prediction of Texas winning. I I'm not quite as optimistic, but I will be there loud and proud and cheering. Um, and that is leading us into Thanksgiving, which of course, if y'all haven't gotten your shopping done, we need you to head over to gridiron metal and check them out. You got your smoker going, you got your grill going, you got all this stuff going on. They have got some incredible, incredible stuff for you. All longhorn themed looks good. The right logos, the right colors. And when you enter the code CANON12, C-A-N-N-O-N-1-2, you get 15% off plus free shipping on orders over hundred. So again, you're talking spatulas, grill grates, smoker uh, stacks and smoker starters. Um, they've got all kinds of great ironworks. Again, that's gridironmetal.com. Check them out. Make sure you let them know that Fire the Cannon sent you with C-A-N-N-O-N-12 for 15% off. So get that Thanksgiving stuff fired up. So, all right, all right Thanksgiving. Yeah. Rocky, what you got going on for Thanksgiving, girl? I will not be having turkey and ugh, pie. I, I don't I don't like pie. <laughs> um, I, I don't mind pecan pie if I pick the top off, but I do not, I'm not a pie. Wait, wait, wait. If you pick the pecans out of pecan pie, no, you don't only mind pecan eat pie. The pecan. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm <laughs> saying I only eat the candied pecans off the top. Okay. 
I don't eat the goopy mush in the middle because if I wanted to just eat a bowl of corn syrup, I would just put the bottle in my mouth. But I do love the toasty pecan part. I like pecan pie bars where it has like the crust and a little bit of the goopy stuff and then the candied pecans on the top. That's better than just biting into a goopy mush of pecan. Pie. But that's still my favorite pie and it's still not my favorite thing to eat. So <laughs> I, I will not be having pie or turkey or stuffing because I'm in Mexico where we have fish tacos and margaritas for Thanksgiving. Hey, that doesn't suck. That doesn't suck. See, again, I still don't know how we remain friends with our vastly different food takes. Mm-hmm. Listen, everything you make is always delicious. No question there. But how do you not like pie? And I know you hate pumpkin. And I am, is, listen, if I could make- are from the devil. Which is insane to me. Insane to me. Look, if I could make a pumpkin pie with like pecans, like a pumpkin. So whatever hybrid that oh, would be. people do. Pecan, yeah, pumpkin they pie. try to make cheese, pumpkin cheesecake. Quit ruining now, good pies miss, with pumpkin. Miss me with the cheesecake. Miss me with the cheesecake. But a, a pumpkin pecan pie would be incredible in my world. But, you know, here we are. All right. I do want your definitive take though. Cranberry sauce. Take it or leave it. Absolutely. Only because turkey is so dry. So you need, you need gravy. And yeah. cranberry Gravy's sauce. All right. So you're a cranberry sauce person. Yes. Now, do you, do you need the homemade or can you do it from a can? They make homemade cranberry sauce. <laughs> well, apparently you don't, but yes, no. there is such thing. <laughs> I only know it comes from a can. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Look, a lot of people will say, oh, never from a can. I will eat the cranberry sauce from a can. Listen, if it comes out in the shape of the can, I will eat that like an apple. I love yeah, it. Yeah. Sometimes I chop can. it up to make it look a little homemade. Sometimes I just leave it with the can, mm. like a can shape. There you, I, listen, we don't, we don't fancy it up. It, in my mm-hmm. household, we bring that thing straight out of the can and just slice it real yes. even. And then the fanciest I get is like leaning the slices over. So they're nice and evenly. That's all you got to do. Well, for us, <laughs> Thanksgiving is when we're at home. Thanksgiving is normally macaroni and cheese for us is Thanksgiving. Cause I spend like five hours making the best macaroni and cheese from scratch. And Dude, that is the oh. main course, like move the Turkey out of the way, move the stuffing out <laughs> of the way. The mac and right? cheese at our house is Thanksgiving. And then, but here, I don't know. I don't, I think we might have some roast chicken maybe tomorrow. Yeah. I don't know. Well, listen, tamales would be incredible. Tamales. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't really know if I can get some tamales around here. I'm sure I can. Not the same, I'm different. And be different willing different. to bet you could. Well, no, I'm sure that's true too. I'm sure I can. That's true. All right. All right. So thanks, no Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, I was going to say Thanksgiving Day. I think we're on the same line of thought right now. Who are you going to be watching? You going to be watching any of that NFL action? Cowboys, Raiders. Raiders at just Cowboys. Going to conveniently skip over my Lions, who also play on Thanksgiving. Thank you very much. Well, you know what's funny is the Bears are at the Lions and they're only favored by a field goal. I think your Lions are going to get their win tomorrow. Yeah. Is yeah. it tomorrow? Thursday? I, is it tomorrow? Thanksgiving? That, it is tomorrow. That is indeed tomorrow. I think they win. Yeah. So we'll be thankful. Yes. And so look, I'm excited because Thanksgiving is literally, since I don't have the NFL ticket, Thanksgiving is literally the only time I can actually physically watch the whole game in Detroit play. So in my household, you know, we always have the Lions game on and then followed up with the Cowboys. Um, I like it. A lot of people maybe down here don't know bears and lions is a huge rivalry. Oh, it they is. hate each other, mm-hmm. hate each other. So yeah, I, I like it. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to take, I, I agree with you. I, I think the lions are going to pull this one out and maybe get one, one precious win. The lions are going to win. 
And then the Cowboys are favored by seven against the Raiders. I think they win by 10 or more. What do you think? Yeah, look, I Cowboys, they're kind of perplexing me right now. They seem to be a hot or cold team. Um, But the Raiders, as hot as they started, then they lost Gruden. They kind of fell off. I don't know that they show up. I think it's going to be about, I don't know. I'm going to say a touchdown, maybe six points. I think it'll it'll be close just because the Cowboys have been kind of fluctuating up and down recently. Um, So I think they'll play well at home. I think they'll be great on Thanksgiving Day. All right, but the big, big news big is Cowboys. college football rivalry weekend. So that's the hardest fun. thing to say. Rivalry <laughs> weekend. I have to say it slowly. So, right. all right, let's just go through the weekend real quick. Thursday. We have Thursday night football. It's Ole Miss, Mississippi State, the Egg Bowl, right? Nine and two Ole Miss, seven and four Mississippi State. Mississippi State is favored by two at home. That surprised me because I think Ole Miss is going to come in there and win. What do you got? Uh, look, I'm going to, I'm going to be the opposite of you on this one. I'm going to take Mississippi state. And part of that's my extreme bias. Cause I have friends that went there and friends that played football there um, and had a blast with those guys in Omaha uh, this past week. But so just for purely ridiculous emotions. Uh, yeah. I'm going to take Mississippi state. I think they win by uh, three points. I think this is a close game, but I think being at home, uh, keep in mind, this was also the game that gifted us the lifting leg dog peeing gif from oh, a couple of years yeah. ago. <laughs> so okay. lots of emotion here. Uh, now Ole Miss ranked at number nine. They're a great team, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I think Mississippi state rides their emotions at home and takes this one by three. So, all right. I have Ole Miss r- riding their wave and they come in and win. All right. So this is kind of funny. So Mac Brown started a top 10 team at North Carolina. He's now six and five. They're going to NC state. So when I looked at the teams that they're both a rivalry game, right? North Carolina, I looked at the teams they both played. So NC State beat uh, Florida State, Clemson, Syracuse, but then lost to Miami, Mississippi State, and Wake Forest. North Carolina beat Miami and Wake Forest, but then lost to uh, Florida State and Pitt. So it's one of those where they're all beating each other and winning and losing to the same teams. NC State is favored by six, and something tells me the Fighting Mac Browns, they've had so many close losses, close battles, blowing leads or or coming back and fighting from down big i feel like they are going to go another one they're going to go on the road and win in rivalry weekend so i have in north carolina winning outright nc state is favored by six what do you got yeah look i'm right there with you nobody motivates like mac brown he is an emotional coach and we've seen i really think through thick and thin his team is behind him you know i i miss that dancing mac brown so I agree with you, Rocky. I think they come in. I think Mac gets them fired up, gets them emotional, and they come out uh, and, and really leave, finish their regular season on a high. I think North Carolina wins, um, and I think they win by two touchdowns. I think this is going to wow. be emotional. I think I think Mac gets them fired up. So oh, that, that I don't think it's that big, but I feel like they, they're going to come out with one point more. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, I've got to have drastic, drastic, you know, calls here at this point. So yeah, you got to swing for the fences at this point. All right. Got to do so it. that's that game is Friday night. Saturday, of course, is the big day. Lots of games. We'll move through them quickly. Number one, Georgia at Georgia Tech. 35 point favorites, Georgia. I think they kill it and cover. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Not much needs to be said other than Georgia is killing it. They're amazing. Uh, that they're, they're world beaters. And I have them uh, as a national championship this year or in the national championship for sure, but I have them winning it. So 
yeah, I, I definitely think they go in and whoop up on a hapless Georgia Tech. Um, I think they beat, again, 35-point favorites. I think they beat that. Uh, big win for Georgia. All right. They'll win it unless they didn't want to be there, right? All right. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Saturday also at 11, same time, other television is going to be on Ohio State. Number two, Ohio State who has their one loss at home against Oregon. They are taking on Michigan with that one loss against your Spartans. Number five, Michigan, Ohio State, eight point favorites on the road. Who do you got? I'll let you go first. Oh man, uh, this is a tough one for me. Uh, again, that big, tel- tw- big, good Lord. I can't figure out what conference they are. Big 10 conference is a hell of a conference right now. Um, yeah. Looking at everything, I'm going to go ahead and pick Ohio State. I've got to say, I, I I don't know that they cover. I think it's going to be real close. I think it's a seven to ten point win, so it's going to be real close in there. Um, Michigan State beat Michigan in a rivalry game and then got their butts blown out by Ohio State. So even though it's it's in Ann Arbor, man, I just think Ohio State is on too much of a roll. Um, so yeah, I've, I've got Ohio state, but I do think they keep it kind of close just given the nature of the rivalry. So I think Ohio state by we'll say seven, let's say seven. Okay. Harbaugh is still Michigan's coach, right? He is indeed. Okay. Ohio state by 50. All right. Moving (laughs) on Florida state, Florida, both five and six teams, both big disappointments. Florida fired their coach, yet they're still favored by two and a half at home to Florida State. And they're still getting commitments. How do you commit to a school that just fired their coach? I don't know. Unless they know something that we don't. Oh, we know what it is. Uh, Yeah, yeah, look, I think this is another one of those toss-up games. I I don't see to pull in on this. I don't know that they're going to play through for their loss. Right. I'm going to say Florida state on the road. Again, this is another toss up one that could be, you know, I could be wrong on everything, but yeah, I'm going to say Florida state takes it, which means they would beat the spread. So close game, but yeah, I'll give it to your call. All right. This is the one I've already picked everybody on the road to win. So I have to go with the home team for this one only because I've been picking road wins. All right. Next <laughs> one. Enough. We'll just make a quick pick Oregon state at Oregon, another big rivalry. Oregon favored by seven. Like we called it, they took a butt kick into Utah. And they also lost at three and eight Stanford. Stanford turned out to be three and eight. So Oregon is weird there, but they're at home against Oregon State. Oregon seven-point favorite. What do you got? Yeah, look, I think Oregon's embarrassed right now. Uh, and it's at home. So I've got the ducks and I've got them by more than seven. I think they show up. I think they show out and they're trying to make an argument for what bowl they should be in. So I have Oregon taking it and taking it big. Uh, they call. beat the spread. I agree. Penn state at your number 12, Michigan state Spartans. So it opened originally with Michigan state favored by one people did not like the butt kicking. They took to Ohio state last week. So now Penn Penn State is a two-point favorite. Well, who do you have? Yeah, I'm going to stay with my Sparties. It's in East Lansing. Again, I know that Mel Tucker got in their asses after that ass whooping. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to take number 12, Michigan State at home. I'm going to say Michigan State pulls this out pretty big. I haven't been super overwhelmed with the late play of, of Penn State. So, Michigan State by, I'm going to say by 10. Wow. Well, it's the battle of the 10-year billion-dollar contracts, so we'll see who earns their contract on that game. I'm going to ride with you and see how Michigan State pulls that out at home. Um, I don't know either way, but they're home, so I'll give it to them. 
All right, 15 Texas A&M, eight and three. And at five and six LSU. So the new made up rival be right. You got to print cups when you beat LSU. You got to get rings. You got to engrave it in your rings. We have a regular season win against LSU. Aggies are favored by six and a half. They just took that beating, not beating that 10 point loss at Ole Miss. But LSU won three in a row and then lost two of the last six. They're a mess. Who do you have? Aggies are favored by almost a touchdown. Man, this is another one where I think the Tigers are learning to hate the Aggies. You know, I, I think that is becoming, it was a contrived rivalry for sure, but I think it is becoming a rivalry. In that sense, I'm thinking, man, maybe LSU has something there, but I still have to hand it to Jimbo Fisher's crew right now. Um, I know they were a little bit embarrassed. I think AM comes in, win. Honestly, I think they beat the spread. It's and a half. I, again, I'm going to call that as the, as an eight or nine point win for AM. Uh, I think LSU fights really hard because of the dislike of AM. But ultimately, AM is just a better team than LSU right now. So I've got AM. How about you? Um, I agree. They'll probably go in and win. I don't know if they get a whole touchdown win, but I feel like they have more leadership and continuity than LSU does right now. So stability. So I will give AM the opportunity on the road. It is a night game it's in Death Valley. So that's going to, that's the only reason I don't have them covering. So 6.30 p.m., we have Bedlam, top Mm. 10 matchup, 10 Oklahoma at 7 Oklahoma State. I'll go first. Oklahoma State's going to beat Oklahoma. They're favored by four. They're going to pull away from that four. Wow. Wow. I like the call. I like the call. And as much as I want to fight with you on this one, man, there, there are some... There's some good arguments to be made. Gundy has really turned around this cowboy for, for Gundy being known as an offensive coach. He's really turned it around and pulled out that defense from his ass, apparently. And Oklahoma, look, I know they're our rival. Um, they beat us for sure. But I don't know that they're a number 10 team. They've had so many close games, yet they found a way to win. So you're giving it to Oklahoma State. I tend to agree with you, but just for the sake of being a contrarian, you why not? I'll give it to Oklahoma. I'll give it to, <laughs> why not? I'll give it to Oklahoma at this point. Listen, Blinken, if you're listening to this, you better thank me for that, dude. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say Oklahoma by three points. Why not? Let's, let's have a fun bedlam. See what happens. All right. I'll tell you why not. Because anytime they get a little pressure, they, he, Caleb Fall Williams, apart. the other team. You think Oklahoma Lincoln Riley's State. already checked out? Oklahoma State's going to force three or more turnovers. I would put the over and under and turnovers on at three. And that's going to be wow. the, the game. All right. All right. right. Let's move quickly. Let's get one last good one. Notre Dame at Stanford. This is one of those weird Notre Dame goes and plays USC. And, you know, they have these weird matchups around the country. They're at Stanford. So it's not massive rivalry, but it is a traditional game. Stanford, like I said, is already at three and eight. Notre Dame is favored by 20, though. Do you think they go into Stanford and win by 20 points? Yeah, they are trying to make a statement for that playoff in case they slide in. Yeah. In case they slide in. I do. I look. I think Stanford's riding a little bit high from some decent games that they've had recently. Um, But ultimately they're not on the same level that Notre Dame is. So I think Notre Dame comes in and I think they cover the 20. I think this is a big win for Notre Dame. Yeah. Stanford's my favorite team in the PAC 12, but they're awful this year and Notre Dame is going to handle them. And I could see it being around that 20 point mark. Yeah. All right. Yay. All the rivalries, fun tradition games again, Texas. I have Texas winning. You say they don't win. I say they don't, which is unusual. That's, We're that's flipping unusual. the script here. We are. Right. I love it. I love it. 
Well, Rocky, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Thank As you. always, y'all. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you here. As always, I'm Megan. I'm Rocky. And we're Fire the Cannon. <laughs>